bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready for Bring Them Out with your hosts, Joel Richardson and Alan Hill. Hey, everybody, we're here at the Sunnybrook Ballroom inside the Speakeasy for another episode of Bring Them Out. I'm Alan Hill, here with Soul Joel himself, Joel Richardson, and today we are honored to have a very special guest, the legend, Jimmy Schubert. Hey, guys, how are you? Now, we, 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 uh, we mentioned how excited we are, but this, I'm really excited, dude. We, there's so many memories of this guy. This guy has come here and crushed. Crushed, every and time. People, like, you, white people are always very very nice when they leave like they'll tell you exactly but when when they're leaving they stop when they really enjoy a show they're like when's that guy coming back yeah, exactly. when you have a oh, back Jimmy? they do the no eye contact shuffle if they don't like it yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah they go uh, you were good you were okay nice shirt header <laughs> headliner feature mc you were great you were okay nice shirt <laughs> I've seen it at clubs where you do it. There, like people are those. Yeah, yeah. You were kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, uh, yeah, and you were kind of a good audience member. So we're even. How about yeah. that? But I, I never realized uh, that you were actually from Philadelphia, like because I, I knew you as a comic on TV yeah. until we became friends. But you started comedy in. L.A., right? No, I started in Philly. Oh, you did? The Comedy Factory Outlet, Clay Heary. Uh, Steve Young had a room down on uh, 2nd Street called the Comedy Works on the second floor of the Middle Eastern Restaurant. Guys like Todd Glass, uh, Chris Kosher, Kosher, uh, Ron Gollop, my buddy George Keith Robinson, uh, George Sharp. Mm. So there was this little... That was your your class. Plus this guy Craig Shoemaker used to book uh, John Barley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the love doctor. We know Craig. Yeah, yeah. So we would do these little... had these little satellite rooms, and then, uh, you know, and, and I was just, uh, you know, we'd go out. I'd pick up Keith, and we'd go do, like, probably three sets, like, running all over the place. And, you know, and then I think it was a place called the Philly Cookbook. You know, you'd go in and use the restroom, the guy's shooting up in there. you go, okay, great. This is going to be a great crowd. <laughs> <I> mean, horrible. <laughs> horrible. Okay, great. Yeah, wow. You know, but it was like, you know, but that was, you know, uh, you know. And so, uh, but I did it for about two and a half, two years here, and then I, I really – Literally just kind of packed up and was going to L.A. I was thinking about going to New York. Uh, I said, if I go to New York, I'm probably still going to have to go to L.A. anyway. Because I always wanted to act. I always had, like, I was, like, you know, I I went to, uh, you know, Kappa, Creative and Performing Arts High School, which I had to audition to get into. I wound up going there. And I just, and I was just like, but if I, acting was always in the in the, in the, in the, in the game plan. Yeah. And But I just love stand-up. And, of course, I was doing magic for many years as a, as a kid. And so I had, you know, these chops and uh but I did. I went to L.A. I got in a, enrolled in some acting classes. And I was studying acting, and I was doing, you know, scene work and, and working on it and trying to audition to get parts. And Well, it's funny because we, we now have, uh, leading up to the uh, melody room, to the comedy room, we put up all the, um, well, the headshots, yeah. yeah. and we made it like, you know, like a comedy club would. Right. But there was a couple that was stopping, and they hadn't been here before. And like, oh, these are all the comics. And on the right side of the wall were all the comics that had been inside when we first opened up, when you were one of them. Yeah. And, uh, but the guy looks at your headshot. He goes, oh, that's Jimmy Schubert from King of Queens. Like, he said your credits. Yeah. So it's, it's known that, like, not only you know from comic, but you're known for your acting. Well, Tons you know what's funny is yeah. that, that King of Queens uh, was, a, was a pretty 
good show while it was on, but it's become hugely popular in syndication. Yeah, in the, in the sure. reruns it's, and stuff, so, yeah. yeah. It's become hugely popular in syndications. And so, uh, you know, Kevin James and, and Gary and Rock Rubin who worked on that show were nice enough to include me in for like, uh, I think it was like 13, 14 episodes, 15 episodes. I, wouldn't, I wasn't sure how many times you were on, but, yeah, for, for, but for them to recognize that, I knew it wasn't one. Yeah, no. Right, was, for I, sure. Was it a cameo? No, I've, sure. done, I've, done, I've, done a, I've done a series where I was always one of the talking UBS guys where I have yet to deliver a line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like a comedic line and yeah. give it to one. So, uh but yeah, they were very gracious to me. I mean, I, I loved that they, you know, I loved that they included me, and 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 you know, nobody got more work out. Like, like I think Klaus Myers or Jim Myers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, he did like seventeen episodes, and it was a different character in every episode. Really? And so yeah, and I mean, it's just it, that show was great. I've also wound up, but from that, I wound up getting, you know, I had a couple development deals. I was I was getting movies. I remember I walked into the comedy store, the movie Go. Go, yeah. the, the lollipop. Yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, and and. and Kevin James was with Joe Rogan there. Okay. And I walked in. I guess they had just saw the movie. Oh. And they go, hey, movie star. Like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. yeah. We just saw your movie, Shoe. It was great. So they, but you, you know, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I just, and it's so funny because you don't think like you do like a, li like I worked on Coyote Ugly for like three and a half weeks and you get one little snippet in it. Mm. And I didn't care. But you're but still getting paid. At still getting paid. And also, um, on set. Yeah, but, you know, over the course of time, that turns into about thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 because of the residuals. Oh, oh wow. And also, also, you get your insurance. It keeps your insurance active. Yeah. You get a pension fund. I mean, I got a pension fund for all the acting. Because you have enough hours accumulated. Well, yeah, because I did, I did Zeke and Luther, which was a uh, Disney show. I've done a couple Disney shows, Sonny with a Chance. I've also done ER, two episodes of ER. I did four episodes of Entourage, uh, a couple movies. You know, so I've, I've always liked to... Like keep that balance. I like I liked it like 50 percent acting, fifty percent. I got three movies coming out this year. December first, there is a, a film called Don't Suck with Matt Reif, one of the hottest kids in comedy. Also with Jamie Kennedy's in it, Russell Peters is in it. Um, I think Carrot Top makes an appearance. Jimmy Waters, but but uh, uh, also Helen Alan Hama, who was in Matrix Four. But the thing of it is, is that uh, that's coming out December first and limited. You can order it on Apple TV. It's called Don't Suck with Matt Reif. People should go check it out. Great but premise also, to this movie, just, by the way. I was just in uh, Newport Beach for the Newport Beach Film Festival oh, cool. with a film called Topper okay. with Mark O'Brien and Amanda Clayton. Mm -hmm. And it's a great film. It's not a feel-good movie of the year, but Brian Callen's in it. Uh, Eric Griffin is in yeah. it. Oh, wow. And Kevin McNamara directed it, who's a comedian. Uh, and the comedy is kind of in the background, mm -hmm. but it's about a, a kid who is... Uh, had a, had a real promise, but now he drinks too much and okay. he's sleeping on couches and his life's falling apart. And he finds out that his mother shows up who abandoned him when he was a kid. Finds out his dad's dying in the C-word. And so he's got to go back and straighten some things out. And the club owner says, listen, here's the money. I bought you a bus ticket. If you don't go, he can't work here. So he has to go back and straighten out all the shit in his life. Wow. If you don't I, leave, you can't work here. Yeah. yeah. And so what happens is you, you got to go That's handle awesome. it. He goes, this is your ticket out. And so what happens is he goes back. And he's struggling to correct some things in his life. And, but he does manage to do it. And he corrects these things in his past, which uh, correct his future, which put his future back on track. Wow. So it's right really on. interesting. I'm getting goosebumps. But it's a, the performance by Mark O'Brien and Amanda Clayton, they were both on City on the Hill together. They're both, I mean, he's in Perry Mason as the, uh, one of the characters. But it, it's it really, good? like, I mean, I, I, I'm telling you, I don't cry at movies, bro. I don't cry at movies. I'm telling you, I, I just one scene between him and his dad. Oh my God, so powerful! Like, like just uh, you know, just 
He goes, I don't need you to forgive me for me. I need you to forgive me for you. You know, and it's this real heavy thing. And he's a ball. I mean, I'm telling you, it was, it's, I'm getting chills right now. Great performance. And then there's a movie called Puppy Love with uh, Hopper Penn. Sean Penn's son is the lead in it. <laughs> this movie was directed by Michael Maxis. Uh, Cowboy Cerrone from the UFC is in it. Yeah, Cowboy. My, my, yeah, he kills it, by the way. He kills it. Uh, Michael Ma Madsen, Roseanne Madsen's Arquette. Madsen's in it? Yeah, Michael Madsen, Roseanne Arquette. Wayne Newton does a fucking Good cameo. Lord. So it's just <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's got, it's really an indie film. It's a really offbeat kind of indie film. It's like I said, it's like a ride through a sewer in a glass bottom boat. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like if, if Forrest Gump, if all this horrible thing happened to him, I mean, he falls in love with a, with a uh, fucking crack addicted heroin fucking hooker like he makes her a girl his, becomes his girlfriend yeah 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 and so he's kind of a special needs kid but uh, i mean hopper does a great job in it. i mean it's those three films they're, they're the kind of movies i like because they're not like anything else there's no fucking fast food restaurant tied in with the promotion of it it's right. real great acting and they're great well-written movies and they're well shot and they look great and that's the kind of the shit i like that's they're the movies i like to watch well, oh that's great uh, man i'll see uh, all three of them yeah i was gonna ask you a question with the uh back to uh doing the sitcoms and like uh uh, Kevin, not with Kevin King Queens? of Queens, King oh, of Queens. Yeah. I was gonna say Kevin Quaid a second of a series, but like when you did thirteen episodes, like does being a comedian, being on set, help? Like, like, cause, cause I asked you, we joked around being at dinner earlier, and I asked you one thing, and you, and you started talking for forty minutes. Well, yeah, like, I know when to shut up well, and listen well, to you. Yeah, well, what yeah. does it happen on the set when you're among here's, here's your the peers? Thing. Here's the thing. They're uber professional environments. All right, you have fun while you're doing it, but mm -hmm. I'm also spending a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, what people don't realize is most sitcoms don't make money until they're in syndication, yeah. and you need 99 episodes before you get into syndication. That's why what they do is they shoot most, they shoot 99 episodes. And that leaves them one. Like if you, before negotiation, if you want to go in syndication, this is what we're doing. I mean, that's a little leverage power. I mean, I don't know how it's changed. I mean, TV's changed so much now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of eight, course, eight, eight, streaming eight, and everything eight, eight, eight else. Eight episodes, so it's different then. But obviously, sitcom acting was the greatest schedule and show. Uh, working on a sitcom is the greatest thing. It's like putting them on a play every week. Yeah. I mean, Monday table read, Tuesday you, you, another rehearsal. Then you do camera blocking on Thursday, and you film on Friday night in front of a live studio audience. So it's like you know, it's you know, it's a little nerve wracking. It's like a play. You right, know, I, so so you're in one episode, but it's a week's worth of work. Oh yeah, yeah, and then it comes on about four or five weeks later. So it's like, but I, my buddy Rock Rubin, uh, who was a stand-up with Kevin and Gary, yeah, 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 Long Island brothers, guy. But they used to tour together. But uh, Rock was became he was like you know became one of the writers and the show. But, but he he created a character called Jimmy, believe it or not. And so he goes and he would call me. He goes, should be you available? Like he would give me some heads up. So if I had a gig, I can cancel to do the show. I said, Rock. Obviously, being on King Queen takes precedence over personal appearances, and I, you know, at some stuff like I, I say, if you want to, I mean, I choose. I was flying out to do stuff. I'd hit Denver, had to buy a plane ticket, turn around, and go back to audition for something because <laughs> it was like something like. But, but uh, I mean, it's you know, I was committed to it. I loved it. I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I've had my own development deals for my own sitcoms. It's just crazy. I got caught in a regime switch at Fox Studios. Uh. One guy's out, new guy's in, out with the old. Then I got another one, and then same. Like, so it's but like, I mean, but it's like they call it the development hell for a reason. I mean, you meet with like 15, 20 writers, trying to find out what you do. Do you get me? They're watching you do stand up, trying to figure out what your point of view is, or what the show would be to develop for you. Is I mean, you know, uh, anybody who knows is you. You got to be a little bit lucky. I mean, obviously, anybody that's working, you got to be talented, you got to work hard, and all that. But you have to be a little bit lucky too, and you have because it is. I mean, there's a lot of hard work. I went to Afghanistan. <laughs> I went to Afghanistan with Drew Carey, and I was talking to him about 
you know, the, the, the process. Mm -hmm. the, yeah, I but said, both you guys were performing for the troops? Yeah, he called me and asked me if I wanted to go to Afghanistan in August. I said, I, it's so funny you ask. I just got off the phone with my travel agent. I hear it's lovely this time of year. <laughs> uh, and he starts laughing. He goes, you're in. <laughs> so uh, he starts laughing. He goes, great. We're doing it. I said, perfect. Uh, but uh, you couldn't go out with a nicer guy than Drew. Drew was just like the nicest guy. He took every picture, signed every autograph. He used to be a Marine. He was in the reservice. And I said, I, 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 at one point, we're flying this Alpha Class Sh Chinook fucking AC-47 yeah. and and we're all wearing Kevlar vests and helmets. And then fucking the back of this big chopper, the guy's sitting there with a 60 caliber machine gun off the back. And uh, they're firing off countermeasures, which is someone fires the, the, the countermeasures. Like, I mean, you're in a war zone, bro. That's no heavy, yeah. dude. And I just I said, what are you, fucking bored, man? What are you, what? I mean, you've got, you got a show on TV. You got a million, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because I just... God, these guys. But he, I, Drew was... I'm telling you, I, we went with Steve Byrne, Dave Mordell, Pedro Hernandez, myself, and uh, Drew. And uh, truly, a trip of a lifetime. One of my favorite wow. things I've done, just because I got to perform for the troops. In fact, I was at a show Monday night, and this guy, uh, Master Sergeant Derek Kimbrough, who was one of the guys I performed for over there. Uh, really? Yeah, he was a ranger. Uh, in fact, he brought me a hat that said ranger, honorary ranger. Because when you go do wow. those shows for those guys, wow. they don't forget. And, you know, because, I mean, you literally... I mean, we went to Methulam, Camp Rhinosadabad. Uh, You're a bright spot in their well, in yeah, their day. Yeah, flew into Bagram, and dude, they're all sitting there with their M16s. This is when it was there. hot. Yeah, and these guys, I mean, dude, it's 111 <laughs> degrees, and these guys just got off, just got out of a firefight, and they're coming back. And you're telling dick jokes. I mean, you know, I mean it's, it's it's. Thank you for your service. Thank yeah. you for your service. <laughs> but they were, uh, but truly, one of my favorite things I've ever done. I mean, you know, like, I really love. Like, it's so funny, man. I've been to China three times. Wow. Like, this is back before all the COVID shit. But mm -hmm. I went to Shanghai, uh, Beijing, Suzhou, Wuxi, Nanjing, uh, Macau, uh, Hong Kong, Singapore. And I did, like, three tours. Well, that's what I wanted to ask. And I don't know if you remember this, but uh, you brought the wild card, my dad. Yeah. We, uh, we went up because he was promoting his last special. Well, one of his, one of his last specials. Yeah. And we went. To, uh, he did uh, the Compound Media with uh, Kumia. Mm -hmm. And then he did. Uh, Bennington. Bennington, and then Unmasked. Yeah, Bennington. Oh, yeah. yeah, so it was a triple thing. We, we went along for the ride. My dad, my, my dad falls asleep on the couch in the middle of the interview, and I'm like, that's, a, that's how much he's into wild card. That's the wild card. <laughs> but, but it's so funny. Your dad was living in Sejin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is right across the, from right. Hong Kong. It's right across the... Right but across you're wearing the, one of the jackets that they made for you because you performed. No, what I did was, that jacket was, I, I was getting ready to... Uh, the first time I went to Korea, I was doing a welfare, morale, and recreation tour over because there's uh, over there, and I didn't have a coat. And the guy, get, my, my buddy JJ, since passed away, he used to run a comedy club in Rochester. But he gave me that jacket. It's a kings. It was like kings and queens of comedy. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Something like. And I, what I did was, I had a, like a Miller Light thing and somebody else's name, and I just took the patches and covered up all that shit. And I came back with a really cool souvenir from that trip. Dude, it was really cool. No, no, but that's that. Yeah, but that's that. And, and people always, uh, you wear it. I, I'm not. It's not stolen valor. I mean, there's places I did go do those shows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So those were like that's souvenir legit, patches. Dude. Yeah, it's 100. Yeah. Um, it was like wearing a varsity jacket if you didn't play the sport. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, no. Exa well, listen, when you're flying into a fucking war zone, bro, you earned the fucking... You know what I mean? I mean yeah. I'm not fucking... I'm gonna, we're getting off the chopper. I've got a helmet on a vest. And I go, he goes, what are you doing here? I said, we're the comedians. He goes, what are you doing here, though? Like, well, you know, my, my, my must not be very good. 
You know, yeah. you must not be very good. He goes, you should have been here about this time yesterday. We're shelling us. I go, that must suck. He goes, nah, they're not very good shots. Come on. <laughs> we go in. But I mean, you know, they're, they're, it's, it's, uh, dude, it's adventure wow. travel at, uh, at its best. It's no, it's no joke. It's, uh, you know, but it's like, you know, it's, you know, you just got to be a fucking pro. You know, look at it. You you know you're doing something uh, for these people that are doing a really difficult job, put themselves in harm's way. So I was always like, and I've been, I've been, I've done those shows for years. I mean, there was, I went to, we went to, I went all through uh, Europe with uh, uh, Germany, Munich, Edelweiss, all those, Bel- mm-hmm. Bel- uh, Belgium, uh, Brussels, Netherlands, doing shows for uh, those. Also down through South America, we went to Honduras, wow. we flew into, we did Greenland, we did Cuba, Guantanamo Bay, then we flew to Honduras, and uh, Honduras, El Salvador, Puerto Rico and did some Coast Guard bases, but different different bases. But all oh, I've done those for years, and it's fun. I've always like, you know, I've always been so felt like so blessed to be able to do this in my life. But I always want to give back, and I always want to do it for for worthy things. And of course, there's not to mention Beautiful thing. all the stuff you do for like you know charities, muscular dystrophy, you know, American yeah. Homes, all, all the kids, especially children's charities. I, if I if I'm off and I'm available, I'll do them. I just right, you know, it's just you know I've done a lot of that over my over my lifetime, and so I, I've always felt just obligated to give back and so that's one way to do it but on my you know on my schedule you know what i what, yeah. I, what I could do or what i could afford to do right and and make it work and so but there's incredible uh adventures i mean i mean i've been all over the world literally i mean i'm you know i told you i was getting ready to go to the philippines for just a vacation but yeah yeah, yeah i've yeah. been in that part of the world before so i'm not it doesn't yeah uh but yeah i mean we were in, i've been in korea like probably four or five times wow. twice for filming two times for just doing well-found morale recreation shows wow yeah and so i've done a lot of that stuff so it's like um i love that stuff i mean that's the thing about like you know um that's uh, my buddy tom rhodes does it tom rhodes is oh, like, tom rhodes like, tom yeah. rhodes's tom passport's like this yeah. thick i mean that guy goes everywhere and uh and so yeah because you you don't want to just be I mean, uh, you know, you go, it's, it's, it's so much um, fun to go see the world. And yeah. I mean, like, you know, I went, I went to China. Getting to paid the, to do comedy to, and went, travel the I world. Went to, I went to the Forbidden City. We went, we, it's Forbidden City, but yet there's a Starbucks in it. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's centuries old and there's a Starbucks. I, I, I fucking figures. Not forbidden to capitalism. But, but you know, and yeah. So, and then. Um, Little hypocrisy. Yeah. And, uh. And then you do like uh, the Acumel Comedy Festival, which was done by Stand Up Records and Dan Schlissel, and that was done mm, in yeah. Acumel, Mexico. But all the money they raised were for like the Montessori schools over there. Oh, cool! Like if you were able like help support these schools and these kids get a traditional Montessori education, it makes a big difference big. In, in 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 the outcome of their life. For, mm. Yeah, the and, formidable you know, years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. And so they get that, and so all that stuff. It's uh, like, what's the fucking point if you can't give back? You know, you, right? You, you know, and 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 you, it's like I went to Israel. Uh, it's so funny. Uh, I was telling you this the other day. I was going to Israel. And two of the other comics who were on the show canceled because this is back when, again when uh, the Hamas was firing rockets in Israel. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there going, "Well, I'm going." One of the guy called me. The other guy goes, "Hey, I just want to let you know I'm not going to be able to make it. I don't know, you know, the thing." 
Because what if they bomb the airport? I go, first off, bro, the, the, do a little fucking research. Okay, the, the, the Israeli airport only closed one time, and that was 1973 because of a baggage handler strike, okay? <laughs> Not because you don't fuck. I mean, those those Israeli Jews aren't like American Jews. You fuck with those Israeli Jews, you want them in a dumpster with a bagel up your ass. You yeah, know, uh-huh. so. yeah. But, I'm, I'm, I'm headed to the airport. Yeah, so, 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 they, so I go, yeah, well, I'm going. And I was going for a different reason, but I wound up going with Butchie Bradley and Dwight Slade. And I had a, and obviously Lieberman in books, but I had a fucking blast. I found the, uh, it to be just an amazing trip, and the people were so, uh, the, the couldn't be any warmer, and they were nice and whatever. So, yeah, I've been very fortunate. I've been to Ireland. I got to do the, the Bulmers Comedy Festival in Ireland. My whole oh. family came over, my mom and dad, my aunt and my uncle, and we had this great trip to Ireland, which is fucking amazing. That's beautiful. And uh, with my family, and they got to see my dad, got to see me perform in Ireland at the Olympia Theater on Dane Street. Oh, you know, I mean, and the theater's been around since like the late 1800s. You could only imagine all the, the, the people that have performed. I love that shit. I love going into a theater. It's been around since the 1800s. Uh, Lily Langtree, the first lady of the theater, had a little dressing room and they kept pristine conditions. Yeah. And we, the I, theater that you and I did uh, at the Valley Forge Casino was yeah. called the Lily Langtree. Yeah. Well, she had a dressing <laughs> I, I, she had a dre- I didn't mean to name drop so early into the no, no, episode. But, no, but it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was tour with, you know, they, they had the red velvet rope yeah. up around the dressing room. Yeah. Right? And uh, I was doing the sh- I was opening for Sam Kinison. I was with my buddy Dan uh, Barton. And I said, oh, it's off the limit of Lily Langtree, first lady of the theater. That's her dressing room. And I had done my show, and there was an intermission. I'm out there talking, and I wanted to... Uh, uh-oh. Uh oh. Meeting a girl. Oh, 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 not I Lily. Mean, no, 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 not Lily. No, <laughs> Lily was long gone by that time. So, uh, you sick fuck, would you dig her up? And then, uh, no, but she was, uh, but so I wound up, and I'm looking for a place with this girl because she was getting all frisky, and I ducked into the Louis Langtree room that had the red, and I closed the door, and I'm looking, where's Schubert? Where's Schubert? And I, oh, oh, <laughs> and I, oh, oh, and he goes, there's fucking lunatics in the fucking Louis Langtree. <laughs> Schubert, get out of here. And, I, and so, and I wound up, you fucking assholes. I said, getting ready to have a climax. And I go, ah, boy, you sons of bitches. But, uh, you know. <laughs> Never, never leave the bus, bro. You know what I'm never leave the bus. Never leave the bus. Wait, well, so that, that that's why I wanted to ask you. We talked we talked off camera about you know countless comics that that you've helped along the way. Did that come from guys like Sam Kinison helping you, did, uh, mentoring you, or or yeah, well, you know, or is it guys that treated you badly and you know how not to treat? people? Well, first off, I know how difficult. And, it and is. I'm not saying about Sam. I, I don't. No, I don't no, know. No, I never. No, I've never well, asked you. Here's the thing. Uh, yeah, that was a, see what the, the difference was like when I was touring with Sam. Yeah, like I was working. Like I mean, I was calling. I would go to my hotel room. I would call the comedy club. I'd invite the booker and the owner out and give them four tickets with backstage passes. So they would come backstage. I'd introduce them. I said these guys were not. Oh, Sam was oh great. And so then I would circle back around and I would do all those comedy clubs in the cities mm. we just played. That's how I got on the road. That's right. how I was. That's so I mean, wow. I was using my noodle always. Wow. And plus, I was doing creative run. I mean, I dude, I, I was like. At one point, I was like a trucker. I was driving. I was doing triple runs. I was doing the creative runs all through the southeast. I mean, I just never stopped working. I mean, it, it was like, like it's like you I, I'm an idiot. What's a triple run? I don't a, know. A triple, triple, triple. It's all through, uh, like up in Idaho, <laughs> Idaho. Yeah. Whoops! Like, like you drive Washington. thousands of miles for like three gigs or something yeah, crazy, yeah, right? Basically, yeah. Essentially, <laughs> yeah, essentially, yeah. You feel like a trucker. Got to drop a little mm-hmm. of jokes off, and they were like one nighters, like one nighter in uh, <laughs> Pueblo, Colorado, up to. Um, uh, uh, Montana, a Cedar Bluff uh, uh, of Cedar Bluff, Virginia. Uh, <laughs> Who cares? But anyway, <laughs> all over. Uh, places, 
I should have never been. All these little <laughs> bacons and grits outposts. There's no guy. had no business being there, but I didn't give a fuck. Because the thing is, if you wanted to get better, you had to do fucking stand-up. And the thing is, either you make a decision in your life, you're going to become a bitter fucking guy, yeah. or you're going to become better. You're going to make that decision. You're going to become bitter, or you're going to become better. And so I made the choice to become better. And just as I said, there's going to become a point. And, and eventually I hit a point where I won't do those gigs anymore. But for right now, I need to pay my bills. And I need to get good at what I want to do. You took action. I took action, exactly. And so there was nothing stopping me. I, didn't want to, I, I just wanted to keep going and doing the, doing the stuff. But it was been a, but it's like, you know, on there, I mean, it's so funny. I talked to a friend of mine, Richie Benavini, and I, I said, uh, I said, you, he goes, Shiver, he goes, I've done gigs for 20 Five dollars. I've done gigs for ten thousand dollars. All right. I just want to fucking work. You know. Well, he came that. and did. He headlined for me at the Valley Forge Casino. Oh, no kidding. Okay. And uh, at the time, he he was the one that was running the shows at the Brigada. Yeah. I was like so happy to have him there, and I was networking and having. And uh, he pulls around and throws me his keys. I'm like, this ain't the Brigada. Huh? There's no valet parking. <laughs> I go, but I'll I'll park your car. He gets in the elevator with his suitcase and he pressed. All the numbers to the uh, on the thing, like I go, you're at you're on ten, and I like he not all of them, but he like pressed half of them. I go, man, no matter what level the comics at, I go, we're all a mess. <laughs> That's the truth. But I love Richie; he's great. He's no, great. No, yeah. it, it, it was just it was it made me laugh because I was like I ha- I was holding him up on a pedestal, yeah. and I'm like, oh, he's just one of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, hey, so dude, awesome. let me tell you, I, you know, it's, it's funny because I like it's funny because you do this, and like I say, you say yes. A lot of people have helped me along the way, but just with advice, with, yeah, uh, with the bookings, with with some stuff, some people have recommended me. Uh, always, always, guys, like you know, I got to talk to Paul Mooney. Like mm. he would tell me, he goes, uh, you know, and, and they pick his brain. You catch him. I sat with Gary Shandling wow. for like oh, 20 minutes talking geez. about stand-up comedy because wow. I was a big Gary Shandling fan, yeah. and I used to watch his stand-up. I used to watch it, and he was brilliant. Like, yeah, you know, uh, oh. just one of the greatest of the writers ever, ever. ever. And also, like I would ask him, I said, "Do you write dirty?" Because he would do jokes that were sometimes dirty and sometimes clean. He goes, "I just write what I write." But it was like getting him to sit down. No intention. Him, no, and just like pick his brain a little bit. And then Louis Anderson come up and goes, "Okay, class is over." <laughs> you know? But then, but but also, uh, you know, busted our balls. But, all, but I, I think I gave him a tagline, which is one of his jokes, because that's what you do. And then Yakov Shmirnov was there. Uh-huh. Yeah, you get to talk with us. I was friends with uh, friendly with Dice when I first got out there. I wound up touring with Sam Kinison, and but also Carl LeBeau that's- and Mitchell Walters, and there's a whole list of guys. I mean, these guys. But but I mean, it was like one of those things that we kind of just immersed yourself in it. Yeah. And you hung out with these guys. And they were all fucking characters. I mean, Mitchell Walters was a, just a total grifter. I mean, this guy, could, like, I mean, this guy was, uh, he was a card mechanic, so we had that in common. Yeah. But also one of the funniest fucking joke runners, like, pound for pound, just one of the funniest guys I've hung out with. But he's a hot fucking mess. He treated life like a betting window at the fucking track. <laughs> I said, you know, and he was a complete fucking dude, drug, drug addict. You know, it's funny. like. We, we, uh, we, we were running the, um, uh, like, I started before I opened Soldier, I was running satellite rooms everywhere. Yeah. Mitchell Walters is the only comic to ever light me from the back of the room to start the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a real maniac. He was like, yeah. "Let's go." He was a little, he was a, I don't know what else he had cooking. No, right? no, but no. He, I had to place in bed. I got to place it. Winter's gonna cost. It's just fucking. I mean. You know, and uh, like, like, let me tell you something, brothers. Last, I, I, you know, Mitchell passed away. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, rest and, and, and God rest his soul. And, and then I, I Lebeau figured, uh, this year, Le, right? Lebeau, or was no, last Lebeau, year? Well, well, he was in. I think he was in February. Lebeau yeah. was in uh, 
April or May of that year, and uh, yeah, I lost uh, another. I mean, I, I had a year where I lost. I like, I mean, the last two or three years, like people were dropping like flies. Mm. I just said to myself, man, life's fucking short, dude. You know, hey, you better live your life and do all the shit you want to do because there's people out there making a living doing it that are nearly as talented as you. Number one, and also. You know, this you're going to come to a point where you're not going to be able to do this shit anymore. Yeah. So do it all. Get it out of your fucking system. Do everything that feeds your soul. Yeah. And fucking do it. Right. And do it with passion and be happy to do it. And listen, it's just, it's just, I, I mean, it really kind of just my attitude about this life because it, it, it all comes with an expiration date. And, you know, if you're lucky. And enough, you don't know when that is. And you don't know when it is. So yep. live your life and don't be fucking scared and don't be fucking, don't be you know, you have to go after the things you want. And, 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 and you can manifest all that shit into your life. If you believe it, and that's all that's required. I mean, I don't know. I didn't have any famous relatives. The fact that I wound up in show business at all. I was able to do TV and movies and, and wind up touring the world doing stand-up comedy. I was like, just sheer fucking willpower. Force just, of will. And just grit and determination to go make it happen. But I, I also, I know how tough this job is. I know how, like, well, I'm always kind to like comedians coming up. I don't have to be a dick to anybody because believe me, there's plenty of people that will be a dick to you. I'm not one of them, you know, uh, and I know how tough it is. And so I'm not going to go out of my way to make it tougher on anybody. In fact, I go the other direction. I try to help as many people as I can. If I believe in them and think they have talent, then yes, I'll help out. I'll say, go, you know what you should get? I've done it with you a bunch of times, but yeah. you know, uh, but also it's like, yeah, I think you're obligated. I think that's the only way you can pass down the art. There's people that, that are fucking good performers. You want, yeah, you want to encourage that person. I'm going to, yeah, that person's yeah. got. Keep our network tight. Yeah, keep the network tight, but also encourage people that yeah. you think, oh, that joke's great. What you're doing there is great. I remember talking to Sebastian. Mm. And he, I'd say, you know, Sebastian, I said, and he was a waiter at the thing. And I would always talk to him. I was, but he was one of those guys I just always really liked watching. He had something very unique. And charisma. Like, yeah, well, he had charisma, but his performance style. Oh. Because like, it was all the <laughs> yeah. comics would imitate him. They were all like, uh, they were all doing him on the front patio. You know, that style, that delivery. So I, as I said, you know, that's, a, that's like a kind of giveaway thing where people can do you. And like I said, it's like. You know, it's it's so. Oh, oh, it shows you built something for yourself. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's like well, you know, and here's an interesting here's an interesting point. Here's an interesting thing that you could go, like, look at Dom Irera, who was here the other night. Yeah. And I love Dommy, and I know him a long time, and but what is Sebastian doing that he didn't do? I'm Dom was doing all the Italian stuff, right? Right. Things, big people. I mean. You know, he was doing all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, he was doing. I mean, Seba I, I don't have the answer. Well, no, no. I mean, I, or I, do well, you? Or well, no, I, I think first off, I think Sebastian is. Uh, I think he's got a great team behind him. Number one, he's got a great, incredible team behind him, and of course, and, and like, but it's all that family entertainment stuff. It's, but you know, it's you know, you got to keep recreating it and keep talking about like family entertainment, bro. Family entertainment's where it's at. Oh, it's, yeah. If yeah, you want to be huge, if you want to be a megastar, well, well, look, yeah. look at Brian Regan. I mean, that guy sells out. Like, you know, he does fluffy. Two, I mean, and, and, one <laughs> yeah. of my, and one of my favorite performers. I love Brian Regan. Yeah. You know, but I mean, he's clean. Yep. I think the other thing he says, damn, maybe he says his shit. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. it's just as funny as anything you'd ever see. Yeah. I mean, I'm a potty mouth, but I don't have to be. None right. of the jokes right. on it. I just, I just, you know, I. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, the point is, it's just, you, you see, I mean, you know, it's, yeah, I've been pretty fortunate where people helped me out or thought I had it, like, you know, and said, would say, hey, you, know, you should try this or do this. And some of, the, some of the funniest lines in my act were always, like, people give me, always give me taglines. That's so bit so funny. Sitting you in should, the back. Yeah, and you should tag it with this. Like, oh, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, 
you know, that's the way it should be. Like you said, give and take. You're yeah. helping people. People yeah. are helping you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's what happens is I think the one thing I know to be true in the universe is that whatever you put into the world comes back to you ten times. So if you if you want to be loved and respected, then you love and respect people. Right. Uh, if you want to be a great, uh, you know, you know, you, you, you work hard on your craft and, and and whatever you put into the world comes back to you. So if you put negativity and hate and bitterness, then that's what comes back. And if you put out love and kindness and help people out, then that's what comes back. And so I can't tell you how many times that the universe itself is just kind of I was going, what the fuck am I going to do now? And all of a sudden, bop, 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 Jesus. I mean, why, why would I doubt it now? It's been, you know, I've been taking care of me for a long time. I've been doing this for a long time. Started when I was 17, and now it's turned into this. Um, so you moved to L.A. when you were 20? Well, 19. 19. I, I turned 20 out there. Wow. Then, yeah, I was like, I was so determined. Because I could go out there, and I go, if I fall on my face when I'm 19, 20, 22, I can always jump on a plane and come back. No doubt. What did your parents say? Well, they weren't happy about it, but you know, what are you going to do? Wasn't I mean, your dad yeah. like a Philly detective or something? Yeah, my dad was a Philadelphia. I worked homicide, worked central detectives, and he went, finished his career with major crimes. He was I'm trying ma- to imagine you going to him and telling you're moving to L.A. to become a comedian. My dad was an old school fucking dude. It was mm-hmm. like, he didn't get You should get a job with some benefit. I go, yeah. Listen, that's for you. That's not for me. Yeah. yeah. My dad had six kids. So Right. Well, now you're a part of SAG. You got benefits. Yeah. So, but anyway, exactly. So there. There you go. Uh, but no, I've done it. Yeah, there. You happy? You happy? I got benefits. Go fuck yourself. Uh, no, but it's funny. Um, you know, eventually he came around. I mean, you know, it's one of those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, you know, he's just... I mean, he was just incredibly protective because he knew what the world was capable of and what people were. I mean, he would deal with lunatics. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, that's the, they call it that the, the blue psychology is like, you know, a lot of those cops deal with scum in the earth for fucking eight hours a day. And then they got to go home. They got to shut it all off and go home and be a family guy. Incredible. And so it's like sometimes they can do it and sometimes they can't do it. And sometimes they drink because they want to numb the shit that they see. No with doubt. People like showing up a guy blew his fucking head off. And you got to stand around this guy for two, three hours and do the, pull out the police report. And deal yeah. with your wife and six sons yeah and deal with your wife and six sons so but my dad knew what the world was like he was just very just looking out for you and, right. and you know, my dad's father died when he was eight so he he definitely had a uh you know he was a little bit he's just a little overprotective but right. i don't blame him he's trying to keep you fucking alive it's like any parent my job is to keep you alive until you can take care of your fucking self don't do anything stupid stay you know what i mean it's like you know it's not the thing so you can figure it out for yourself i was just but i was always doing stuff like that i mean i was always like I, I like people go. I had a great fucking childhood. I had great brothers. I was still close with my brothers. I love all my brothers. My mom and dad are still together. My dad looks after my mom. Takes. I mean, it's like, I mean, I, I just did it because I love making people laugh. I mean, yeah. I love to make people laugh. I didn't, I didn't have a fucked up childhood. People go, yeah, no, you were fucked up, sure, but I'll tell you that. No, <laughs> no we'll deal, well, bro. I say I'm not. Go, oh, no, you're fucked up, sure, but let me know. Fucking nuts. No, I say I don't think I am. But I say, oh yeah, you. Are. <laughs> But but. had a cup of coffee at 7 (laughs) p.m. Yeah. So. uh, So, yeah. So it's, you know, it it is what it like. But I just always love doing it. I I have a passion for it. I love making people laugh. And, and, you know, and it's funny because, you know, it's fun, fun, fun part. You just think about trying to write funny stuff to say. And then you realize there's a little more to it than that. Yeah. And then you realize those people in the audience are what it's about. It's not about me. It's about them. And so you don't even know what those people are going through. I mean, believe me, I've had a lot of people come up to you after shows because, oh, my God, I, my, I was at my aunt, my aunt, and she raised me. She was practically my mom, and she, she passed away, and I was just really upset. I was going to come in, and I, and I did. And I got, man, five minutes into your show. I was just laughing uncontrollably, and I couldn't, 
believe it. I was so sad and so I, I wasn't going to come. But things like that. You never know who's Beautiful. in your audience. You never take, I never take it for granted. I never, I never phone in a set. I never, ever phone in a set. I mean, if there's 10 people, I'll work my ass off for 10 people. I don't give a shit. I'm Beautiful. never going to take it for granted because I'm so blessed to be able to do it. And I, and I, I mean, it's time to, you know, you got to you know, have a cup of coffee at 7 o'clock at night to go get you through the Yeah, show. yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> no doubt. But, no doubt. But I'll never, I'll, I'll never phone it in. I never take it for granted. I'm really, I know how blessed I am to be able to do this. And, uh, and so I, I really do take the, the writing of it seriously. I take the presentation of it seriously. I, I craft bits and I work on my shit all the time. And I know Shows. a lot of people are doing crowd work now and some people do it better than others. But also there's a yeah. flood of fucking a lot of people doing crowd work on social media. I go fucking, Jesus, I thought the writer's strike happened two years ago. <laughs> well, but, but, dude, but I mean, could you imagine being a comedian and never having to write a joke? Right. <laughs> No, uh, I mean, people do it. I don't know, but I, I just, <laughs> I mean, it. I've seen a lot of mediocre crowd work. I'm going, why would you post that? It's fucking mediocre at best. Right. It's, you're not doing yourself any favors. I mean, you know, look, it, it is what it is. I'm, I'm not the fucking judge and jury here. You can do whatever the fuck you want, but, you know. I well, haven't been able to get work on the road. Well, it's because you're social media. Dude, you talk about not mailing it in, and uh, a, a bunch of times I've seen you get that high laugh. And I go on stage because I think you ended the show, and you look at me, you're like, <laughs> it ain't over yet. <laughs> oh, Jimmy's one of those guys that gets layered yeah, yeah, laughing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it'll get to here, and you yeah, think it's done, and then it goes to here, yeah. and then it's here, and then it's here. Yeah. Something I'll, else I'm giving him overtime. Get, it's, go it's back. special over, to watch. Overwriting. Over, over Overwriting. <laughs> go sit down, Joel. Uh, Joel, relax. We're not done. <laughs> No, but I, you know, I just, I love, I loved, I love, I love crafting bits. I love coming on, because I'll, I'll sit there and I'll just write, write for like hours and just go, how's the, and I'll, and I'll fucking try to figure out the, the best way to say it, and what's the funniest way to say it, how if I say it like this, and it's a rhythm thing with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm a ranter. And it's like jazz music, it's a rhythm. But it's also. With the, the vocabulary as my toolbox, and the use of words, the way you use words inside, uh, you, you know, when you're when you're going on these things, you're trying to fit a whole paragraph into one sentence, and so, um, so yeah, so that's what I, I, I lo that's what I love about it. I, I love, you know, Carlin is one of my heroes, and I just loved his command of the English language. I just love uh, listen to like you know listen to a lot like uh, you know uh, some of these people that. Uh, there's a guy named John O'Donohue who's a poet and a priest, but he, he has this, such command of the English language with his little thing. And it's just such a, like he paints these great vivid pictures with words that you go, gee, it's fucking beautiful. Yeah. The guy speaks in a way you just love to listen to him. That's what you say. You know, write, you speak in a way that people should be love listening to you or, or write in a way that people would love to hear what you have to say. And so those things I do take, I mean, you know, uh, where you could just take the simplest observation and make it completely fucking hilarious because of the way you word it or the way you approach it or the way you look at it or your take on it. Because it really is, I think, you know, a lot of people are talking about a lot of the same shit. I mean, you know, everybody's doing a self-checkout bit or this guy's doing that bit. Or, it's not because you saw them do it. It's just because these are the things you're doing. I mean, yeah. there's a thing called parallel development. No doubt. But you know, you, you know, you watch, you, you know, when you could tell, I would always start, like I always be at the comedy store watching these guys and then five guys would do the same joke. But I could tell you whose joke it originally was by the way they tagged it. Oh. Because they didn't just do the joke. There was like that, 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 which means he put extra thought into it because it was his fucking joke. 
but other people would, you know, and it was like just so, say the line and move on. They said the line, move on, yeah. And uh, and the guy whose who's original joke it was would like tag it, bop, 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 put right. some thought about it and put more thought into it. So I always knew. Mm-hmm. I go, well, and, and some of the jokes weren't like anything. They were like they have a shelf life of two weeks, you know. Yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah. It's parallel development. Maybe they, a lot of people thought about the way, or that's the same joke just said differently. Would you would you see a lot of uh, comics accusing each other of of stealing, or uh, more, more just parallel writing? No, I would say, well, you know, it's parallel writing. Some guys would, like, you know, some guys would, uh, you know, but the, uh, other guys are out and out fucking thieves. Like, I wouldn't knock him on the room when Carl, Carlos Macias was in the room. I was wondering if you were going to bring I, him up. Yeah, no, because I didn't. He because, was the most famous one ever. No, but, he, well, he, yeah, but he he earned it. Mm-hmm. He earned it. I mean, he did three of Cosby's jokes. Like, yeah, that's right. That's like, right. I mean, like, like that's he, crazy. Like, and he goes, no, off of no. himself, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, or something yeah, that yeah. well but known. I mean, what are you, a fucking idiot? That's crazy. You know, and then uh, Ari Shafir was doing this bit, and he did it, and fucking Joe Rogan called him out on it, and it was true. I mean, his, not, his name's not even Carlos Mencia. His real name's Ned Holbrook. That's right. I mean, he's fucking, he's Honduran, half Swedish, <laughs> and he's playing this fucking, Muchacho, mi cata, mi culo, es mucho caliente. What the fuck is you know it's a, it's a, it's you know so I, look I, and I know Carlos and I'm like, you know it, it is what the fuck it is but I mean you know he even said I was talk, called at a radio station because he got so he got caught he got popped and it fucked with his career for a little while yeah for sure and so um, uh, you know but you earned it you did it you were t- taking people's jokes you were doing it on your TV show and you didn't give a fuck about anybody and then he would go on stage and he would do 45 minutes in front of people when you're supposed to be doing 20 mm. and he would walk the fucking crowd or ruin the fucking room for everybody else and he earned it you're a prick and now you got nothing and certainly nobody in this fucking business respects him that's for shit sure and uh, you know I mean he was always nice enough to me but I never got fucking I never got close with guys like that you knew it was just a matter of time you talk to guys like Steve Trevino. He's like, oh, no, he was bad. Like, you know, and I'm working with Steve uh, at the MGM, and we're doing the David Copperfield Theater December 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th. Nice. I love Steve. His act's so great. He's it's such funny, a family. We're talking about family Wait, entertainment. Wait, had that it's not happened guy. yet? This is the first time you're going to do it? Because you were telling me this back earlier this year, I no, think. No, I did. I did three tour. We did three three shows with him in Florida. We did Tampa, Orlando, and we did the Florida Theater up in Jacksonville where Elvis played. Get wow. Cool. Dude, what was that like, man? That's awesome. I mean, you're, you're in the just, same green room as like Elvis yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, the same, oh. so, yeah. You get to hang out. You go to. That, I yeah. love. It's not I the Lily Lang tree. No, no. I love that <laughs> shit though. I know. Keep it but, in your pants. That's right. But, but, oh, my Elvis would have. Elvis would have loved it. Elvis would have loved it. Put on your pants. Show me your schmooney, man. Why can't I fuck you? Well, it's a one full of money. It's two full of show. No, it's uh, um, uh, you know, I, I don't want to. I'm not talking shit about anybody. I, no, no, no. Everybody, like everybody knows what everything is. I'm not fucking. I'm not. I'm not. You know, I just. I, I look. I mind my business. I fucking stay in my lane. I do my shit. I root for everybody. All my friends. I don't have a jealous bone in my fucking body. I really don't. So I root cool. for all my friends to win. Their wins are my wins, and. And that's the, uh, and that's the way it goes, dude. So. But, but that's why, like, uh, um, I, and you've been headlining for decades, but your your network of friends is so tight that you were telling me a story about how, like, Russell Peters had you open for him, and you were already a killer, but you're you're talking about opening for like ten thousand people. I think it was a 
Dubai. No, we went uh, to uh, first off. He had me do. We did Vegas. This is how we I mess up the story. We Sorry. Did Vegas at the Palms, and Ru- Vegas. Uh, Russell was one of the judges the year I did Last Comic Standing. Uh, oh, and okay. I knew of, I knew Russell, and I, I knew his reputation perceived. Everybody said what a great guy he was. Sure sweetheart, enough. sweetheart of a human being. Like I, like one of the best people that I've met in show business. Uh, just great. And so I went and did Vegas with him one night, and then uh, he calls me. He goes, Hey, what are you doing? Uh, that, 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 that. He goes, you want to go to India with me? And I go, are you fucking serious? Yeah. I love fucking yeah. international travel. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Let's I flew go. 24, almost 24 straight hours to get there. My head was swollen. You gave, <laughs> my head, my head, you gave him the same answer we did to Drew Carey. You're like, I'm in. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I got to go. We did like a bunch of shows over there in front of 6,000. First off. 6,000. Sorry, 6, 000, I said 10. 6, yeah, 6, but no, the legend, no, the yeah, legend but continues. Russell, yeah, but Russell's like Keeps growing in India. Russell's like, because... Russell, here's the interesting They're thing. throwing panties on stage? No, well, first off, um, first off, they're not, like, English is their second language, number mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, number two is, like, comedy is a unique, stand-up comedy is a uniquely American art form. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you know, they're not like, it's not like, but the, because they love Russell, and Russell's been going there for years, he turned them into comedy fans. Mm-hmm. And the internet's made the world a little smaller now. But dude, I mean, nobody nobody makes a room like six thousand seats as intimate as Russell Peter. I mean, wow. dude, I'm telling you, it is absolutely uh, to watch. It's fucking beautiful. It's another it, art it's, form. It's it's, it's 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 on another level, and so fucking hilarious. And he knows everything about everybody and everybody's culture. I mean, it's like, like to do that. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and he's really an international comedy superstar. Like you, like you know, people go no, internationally sells yeah. out yeah, shows for sure. all yeah. over the world. Like two, like two shows in Hong Kong, six thousand seats. Two shows in one night. Like and dude, and 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 he was, he brought me to India, which was and first class all the way, hotels, everything, and shared his culture with me. Yep. Shared his audience with me. Shared the food with me. Yeah. Uh, bought me fucking two suits. I was gonna say, and he, he had he had the therapy suit, so so then the jackets. It was because yeah. of my therapy cap. Yeah. Like like, like like you were best man in his wedding. Yeah. You only yeah. opened for him. Amazing. And, uh, Russell Peters is, like I said, one of the most generous, nicest guys you'll ever meet in this business. In fact, he, uh, you know, he, uh, yeah, he's a, uh, yeah, he's a real international superstar and just gracious as can be. And man, uh, yeah, I, 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 I love the guy. I think, I think the world of him. And uh, he was nice enough to let me do that, but, but also he was very gr- gracious to me during the filming of uh, Last Comic Standing. Like, you, you know, he goes, they're coming for you. Get ready. <laughs> yeah, he goes, you might. I go, no. He goes, they're coming for you. Get ready. And sure enough, I mean, you know, they say it's reality television. It's the last comic stand. They weren't looking for the funniest fucking comedian. They obviously had it all figured out. They were, they were just trying to figure out how to get to the, the most marketable comedian or whatever, or whatever they look. Well, the guy who won, I ain't heard much from. Yeah, which is, it backfires when they try and pull that well, crap. Well, listen. Who, wait, who won your season? Uh, Rodman won my season. Oh. Uh, but uh, Lachlan Patterson, Rocky Laporte was on that season. Me, uh, N- uh, Nikki... Uh, no, Nikki Carr. Nikki Carr. Otto Rodriguez. Yeah, it was a, you know. Wasn't was this a, also a, a long-awaited reunion for you with uh, Roseanne? No. Or was, uh, this, was that a different season? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to talk out of school, bro. I, I, I mentioned on Mark Myers' podcast. People know the story. <laughs> I'm really proud of it, but hey, whatever, whatever. But I love Roseanne. I think I think the world of Roseanne too. Yeah, I love she's her. Great. I love her fucking. She's got balls. She got more balls than most fucking dudes. Oh, what happened to her when she came back and did the TV show is criminal to me. Well, when first off, let me tell you something. You know, they, this is how fucking dumb people are. First off, I know people have taken Ambien when they've had a couple of drinks. 
gotten up in the middle of the night, painted half their fucking apartment, yeah. woke up the next day, don't fucking remember it. Yeah. I know a guy got up in the middle of the night, cooked a fucking steak, woke up the next morning and thought somebody broke in his house and cooked a fucking steak. You know what <laughs> we're doing? So, well, the people that make Ambien, it may not make you racist, but I guarantee you you'll do yeah. shit you don't fucking yeah. remember. Knock, knock, who's so, there? It was you, so, stupid. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, so uh, fuck, fuck Ambien. Yeah. And, uh, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that the joke she was... Look, you can't call her a racist. She's got an African-American grandson, for God's sake. I mean, she right. has... Like, this woman is not... Yeah, racist at all. The, the original Roseanne show put a scene where little her little her son kissed a black girl in 1986 for crying yeah, out loud. So anyway, trailblazer. So the point of it is, is that they like when they come after you, they come after you. And the, and the fact of the matter was, uh, and the, and the fact like the joke that she was trying to do was fucking true and it was fucking hilarious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sorry that but you fuck with somebody like, oh, we can't have you making fun of this person. Right. And you know, these people are very fucking selective. You know, the people want to have fucking drive through abortion fucking clinics want to fucking lecture me about the sanctity of life. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's like you know, there's such there's such fucking double standard fucking motherfuckers. I I, I mean I really I, I just look what they did to Russell Brand. Look what like like they, they go after these people yep. who speak the truth. Because the more, the further a society drifts from truth, the more they hate those who speak it. And I'm sorry, she was doing a joke. Okay, whatever, missed the mark. But still, it's you can't get mad at people for fucking taking a shot. It's a joke. Yeah. You can't, and I'm sorry that uh, you know people are so. But the, this cancel culture. I, what I love that Matt Rife did. He did a joke like, you know, he said we went to the restaurant and it goes the the, the, yeah. the, joke, the opening. You saw the yeah, yeah, yeah. violence joke. Okay. Is what are they gonna do? Obviously, they're gonna put it back. Obviously, you can't cook. Cut. I mean, that was the joke. And then he does a fucking, like, a t apology, but he fucking puts a link up to a fucking special needs helmet. Or obviously, it was a joke for people who That's get offended great. at That's fucking great. jokes. Got him again. I mean, see, the problem is, yeah, the problem is, is that you have to be really smart to get jokes. Right. And if you're fucking dumb, well, you don't get the jokes, and you take it personally, and you think it's about you. When it's not about you, you narcissistic fucking cunt. Okay? It's not about you. It's yes. not about you. And... And this is how, this is how, uh, it's so funny. Your life is so fucking amazing that you have to unturn rocks to look at for shit to right. be pissed off about. Yeah. Why can't you just flip the channel? People got a mouth. Every, believe me, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's just, it, they're, they're, it's it, unbelievable. Dry, it, you go, how the fuck could you be this stupid? Well, because you've been in years of being socially conditioned. You've been programmed by that little black box that TV said, which is rubbish. And people just can't do any critical thinking anymore. They can't figure it out. Yep. They can, you're at a comedy club. I should have to say, I'm just kidding after everything I say <laughs> at a fucking comedy club because yeah. you're too fucking stupid to get the fucking joke. Yeah, man. So, I don't, Amen, I, mean, I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't. Like, they, like you know, uh, the, the, can't, the, they, these people have to rob the fucking joy out of every little fucking bit of life. You have to fucking wring all the fucking joy out of it. But meanwhile, when, when they want an opinion, who do they call? Comedians. When they want writers and, and to punch well, up dude, a show, well, dude, who do they, I, I, who do they, they call? Comedians. If I want to know what's going on in the world, I fucking... I, I, comedians are the people I listen to. Yeah, man. Yeah. Fucking go listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. One of the most informative... Yeah. Guess, most Modern most day philosophers, no right? And as, the, as some of the smartest fucking people on and some of the baddest motherfuckers on... And you go, yeah, that's a file. Listen to that fucking podcast all day long. It's fucking life changing with the information that you get. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been doing cold plunges because they're so fucking good for you. You know, you get introduced to stuff like that. And you go, oh, I wow. thought something different was about you. No, no, dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you all that because you don't, they don't give you this information. Right. You got to go, you know, you got to go down the rabbit hole. By the way, the rabbit hole is extra.
Anyway, but when you go down a rabbit hole, you got to go down a rabbit hole. That's on the Patreon. You start going down a rabbit hole. It's it's an it's a bottomless like you realize you wake up one day and you go, holy fuck, I don't know shit. Everything I thought that knew to be true, like a, a fluoride in your toothpaste, that's fucking straight up fucking poison. Yep. Margarine, straight up poison. The shit that these fucking people don't allow to. You're talking about a society that poisons your own fucking children. Yeah. You're poisoning with the fucking. Hey, we'll put some fucking Fruit Loops in with all the fucking coloring and dyes in it to cause fucking liver fucking shit. And about that four oh. basic basic food groups thing we learned when we were kids. Yeah, well, the fucking food pyramid. <laughs> well, they flipped it because they realized, you know, it's, if you go back and do the research on Rockefeller, who decided, like, like if you could make petroleum-based medicines, yeah. he took some of his money and he invested it in these medical colleges and got them to teach medicine the wrong way. Like, I, if you're going to a doctor for your, your like... For, for some health advice, you're in fucking bad shape. I got news yeah. for you. They're going to put you on a pill. Like they said, I saw this video where the doctor was talking about that uh, dementia, and not, maybe not so much dementia, but Alzheimer's is a physician-created disease. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they talk about cholesterol. By the way, the 250 number is bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. You know, there's people who have 600-level cholesterol. That's, everybody's, body, everybody's different. Right. You know? Thank and you. also, your body has to produce cholesterol. New cells generate in a cholesterol environment. You know, like your brain sits in a pocket of fluid, and a pocket of fluid that protects it, it's cholesterol. So if they put you on these statins, which are these cholesterol-lowering medications, well, then it deletes that fucking thing, and it makes your brain vulnerable to fucking, you know, having dementia or Alzheimer's yeah. and stuff like that. But all of it, all of it is fucking poison. These people are fucking, they, 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 like, first off, you are fucking, you're like Joseph, like, it, what you're doing to children today by transgendering them, first off, just follow the money. Because the money, it's all about the money with these motherfuckers. For every kid that transitions, that's a million dollars to Big Pharma over the course of a lifetime to pump them full of all these synthetic drugs so they can prance around and pretend to be something they're not. And what they don't tell you, and I talked to a clinical psychiatrist about this, 68 to 72 percent of the fully transition wind up committing suicide because your body can't process it. And you're putting all that fucking face estrogen in your brain, and it makes you crazy. Look at women. They got estrogen, and they're fucking nuts. You know what I mean? Could you imagine pumping it into your fucking head? You'll go fucking crazy. So anyway, they wind up killing themselves. But they don't tell you about that. And you're butchering children. What you're doing to children is no different than what Dr. Mengele did yep. in the concentrate concentration camps where they did experiments on these fucking children. Yep. You are a fuck. I, the, the fact that you, you, you want to play this game or pretend, like, you, you know, I'm supposed to believe in science. Oh, not the science of science. Not the science of science. I'm not our science. The science. Not the science of the vaccination. That's the science of <laughs> biology. No, but that's the science we, the science we want you to believe. It's science. 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 <laughs> Listen, let me tell you something. Preach uh, <laughs> no, it, no, Jimmy. No, but what... It's just like I, I like if you have a little sliver of gray matter between your fucking ears. Yeah. That you could just like look at this and go, well, that doesn't line up. That doesn't make yeah. sense to me. Yep. First off, you should be going out in the sun. You know, people's exposure to the sun it's down fifty one percent because we live inside. Nobody goes in the sun anymore. But skin cancer is up like thirty percent. Oh, yep. what's the common denominator? That skin cancer cream that you put on yourself—it's full of carcinogenics. 
So that's what causes the cancer. Not the sun. The sun's the life giver. You ever notice house plants? They lean towards the sun. Lean towards the sun. It's the life giver. You, you're fucking hiding in this fucking... Go get some sun. Go get some vitamin D3, you fucking stuttering, muttering fucking prick. Yeah. Stop putting that sunscreen on. Use a magnesium-based sun, like a, like a zinc oxide. Use a mineral-based sunscreen. You've heard it here first. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Follow yeah. Jimmy Schubert on Instagram, Facebook. He's got five specials. Yeah, I got about a six. Will become my six. Will be coming out called uh, Clown Shoes. Clown cool. Shoes. Yeah, because it's. Uh, I say like getting through life anymore today. Just getting for fucking, for fucking leaving. Most people don't know shit from apple butter. But I mean, just get out of your house, go to work, and come back. It's like fucking walking through a minefield in clown shoes. Oh, so the I new special it. is called Clown Shoes. I'm going to release it on YouTube. I'm just going to okay. give it away. But also, I got a new album coming out. I got three movies. Three Check movies. out uh, December 1st on streaming, Apple TV. Uh, don't suck. Please, please support that. I'm telling you, it's fucking hilarious. You'll love it. It's a comedy horror movie. Matt Rife plays a vampire. Jamie Kennedy and him are fucking amazing in it. So go see that. Also, uh, keep an eye out for Topper. Uh, and also uh, Puppy Love, which, I, which is a great yeah. kind of offbeat uh, indie film, which I, I love those movies. So keep an eye out for them. You follow me on Jimmy Schubert uh, on Instagram. Uh, I don't do fucking Twitter anymore. So just Instagram, Instagramming, IG only, baby. And don't slide into my DMs, will you? <laughs> Alan Hill, Jimmy Schubert, Soul Joel. Soul Thank Joel. you. Peace out.